focus on what moves the needle the most. So in business, that's money, period, over and out. It's as simple as that. Sales in your business is what moves the needle and drives things forward. So when you're just starting out, don't worry about having like beautiful SOPs and a really nice branded website. Ask yourself, hey, is there money coming into the business? Because if there's not money coming into the business, you can't pay yourself to keep doing this and you can't pay others to help you. So focus on the things that matter the most and allow things to be imperfect when they're getting started. From CEO School, it's Wind Down Wednesday. Pour yourself a drink and join us for CEO Happy Hour as we share the messy behind the scenes, straight talk, and real world advice to help you level up in leadership and life. Cheers. This episode is sponsored by The Club, a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club. A few weeks ago, I asked the question, if you had five minutes with me, what would you ask? And surprisingly got over 500 questions. And so in today's episode, I want to do things a little bit differently and do just a rapid fire Q&A because these questions were all over the board. Um, I think there's something that everyone's going to learn from. And whether you are just starting out in business, you have a side hustle you want to launch, you're an established entrepreneur, I think you're going to love today's rapid fire Q&A. So the first question is how to narrow down a side hustle. I would be good at. So I think there's a couple of things to consider when you're creating a side hustle. The biggest thing with side hustles is it is literally a side hustle. These are your nights. These are your weekends. These are your precious Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings that you could be out to brunch with friends, right? With a mask and all those things. So I think the most important question to ask is what am I going to be so excited to do that I'm going to do it at two o'clock in the morning? What am I going to be so passionate about that I'm going to be excited to get out of bed and work Saturday morning after working a full week of nine to five, Monday through Friday? So I think that that's actually the most driving question you should be asking yourself. What's exciting me? What's lighting that fire inside of me? Um, Question number two from Shakinta is how to scale my offers. So I think the first thing that you should do when you're trying to scale an offer, one is figure out, have you proved this? Are people buying it? Are they getting results? Do they like it? Once you've proved your offer, then what I do is I go through start to finish the whole product and I figure out what are the touch points. And so what I mean by that is if when somebody signs up, do they get a welcome call with somebody? Is there a member of your team that has to meet with them to go through, you know, here's what to expect? Is there an email that gets sent out on day three and day seven? So you want to map out the customer experience from the point of sale to the time that they you've finished delivering your product, whatever that looks like, and ask yourself, what are the touch points? And then figure out what can be scaled. So if part of your experience is having a team member actually deliver a service for your new customer, right? So maybe you run a VA service and in order to get paid, you have to have a VA actually delivering the service to somebody's company. And so Can that be scaled? Yes, but it's going to require more teams, more managers. So you want to map out what are the touch points, what can't be scaled, and adjust how that can be done and what can be scaled. And then I think once you've figured that out, it's truly just a lead generation game. If you've figured out how to systemize every step of the customer delivery, so it is automated either by um, software automation or by a 
team member, a human who is not you, that's a really important part of scaling. Once you've figured that out, it's really just a matter of, okay, now that we've systemized this, we've streamlined the whole customer delivery process, how do we get in front of more customers? And so I think one of the best ways to scale is with referrals. You're never going to get better leads than the ones that are referred by happy clients, um, ads, figuring out where our current clients coming from and how can we get more like that. So it looks different for every business model, but I think the first thing you have to do is really logistically sit down and say, okay, what about this customer experience can be scaled? What can't be scaled? And what do we need to change in order to get to where we want to go? Shelby asked how to build a strong personal brand as a startup founder. So I am a big believer if you are creating a startup brand and you want to really build that company, that you're also creating a personal brand around it. And so I think with this, the best thing you can do is just tell your own stories. So I think sometimes we think we need to come off really polished or interesting, Instagram perfect, but just showing up every day and saying, hey, here's what we did today. Here's the behind the scenes of the product creation. Here's, you know, what we did with our um, beta testers and here's what they said and what do you think and really involving your community in the process so that your personal brand is an opportunity to go one layer deeper and more intimate with the brand as a whole. Okay, Ruby asked, how do I find out what people are really willing to purchase from me? Ruby, the best answer to this question is you put up a checkout page and find out what people buy. There is no better test than putting up a checkout page and seeing if people actually swipe their credit cards and transfer money. I, you can sit and talk about it all day long and conceptualize it, but the moment somebody actually pays for your product, I think that is the best test that, hey, there's something here and how do we go from here? Claire asked, do you believe hitting a target number always equals personal business growth and development? Absolutely not. I think a target number doesn't always have to be aligned. You know, maybe your personal goal is to have more freedom in your in your life and to have slower mornings to get to journal, but your business goal is to, you know, hit this crazy number. Those two aren't aligned. So I think the most important thing, and this is something that we do with our weekly scorecard you'll see in our CEO school planner, is we actually figure out the goal first and then work backwards so that when you hit your numbers, you're hitting your goal. So for example, if your goal is to feel healthier and, um, you know, more confident in your body and more energy in your body, then maybe you decide that you're going to go for a walk three days a week and you're going to eat a healthy breakfast at least four days a week. So now you have numbers that reverse market that goal. So if you go for a walk three days a week and you eat a healthy breakfast four days a week, if you hit those numbers, then yes, absolutely, you're hitting your goals. So it's really important to create goals first and then work backwards to figure out, okay, what numbers are the indicators? What are the key performance indicators that are going to get us to that end goal? So that as you're focusing on that small goal in front of you, you're actually aligned with a bigger picture. And that's exactly what we do in the CEO School Planner. It's really important. We run our personal lives and our business lives the same way, making sure that we have not just numbers and targets we're hitting, but ones that are aligned with our big picture vision and goal. Okay, Natalie said, how do I get more interaction on social and increase my inquiries? My best advice here would be um, early adopters get rewarded. So get on new trends as quickly and as fast as possible. So recently, Instagram changed the platform. So the bottom right that has for the last decade been a notifications button is now a shop button. So Instagram is using a decade of muscle memory to take us from seeing who liked our pictures to actually shopping on the platform. So 
for me as a business owner, that means a new opportunity. There's going to be people that see my Instagram business shop that maybe wouldn't have even a month ago. So I'm going to make sure that my shop is up and right. I'm going to make sure that it directs to my checkout pages um, and really take advantage of that opportunity. How do I get more engagement, right? The middle button now is the reels. Dead center, front and center is reels. So if you're not already creating reels, I would do that. And so I think sometimes we chase engagement or interaction in a manner that it looked, you know, six months ago or a year or three years ago, but really asking yourself, where are people now? Because it's not about the app. The app is just something that humans use. It's about humans and behavior. So sit next to your friends and see what sort of things that they're replying to, what question boxes are they answering, and figure out how you can emulate that to create that same engagement in your business. Okay, this is a really good question. When starting and running all areas of the business, how do you stay consistent on growth? I think the answer is you don't. And I say that with so much love and compassion and empathy. But I think sometimes we expect ourselves to perform perfectly in all facets of life and business. And the reality is something's got to give at some point. So if you were just, you know, growing your social media audience, maybe you don't have time to also focus on your email marketing. But once you get that up and systemized, then you can focus on uh, your email marketing and get that up and systemized. And then once that's systemized and your team's running smoothly, then you can move on to something else. And so I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to do it all evenly at once. It's not going to look that way. So that being said, focus on what moves the needle the most. So in business, that's money. period, over and out. It's as simple as that. Sales in your business is what moves the needle and drives things forward. So when you're just starting out, don't worry about having like beautiful SOPs and a really nice branded website. Ask yourself, hey, is there money coming into the business? Because if there's not money coming into the business, you can't pay yourself to keep doing this and you can't pay others to help you. So focus on the things that matter the most and allow things to be imperfect when they're getting started. You know, um, I've had a business for a really long time. We've been running CEO school since March of this year, and we just barely started email marketing, right? And that's okay. I don't feel pressure on that. And people were telling us that you need to be sending weekly emails. You should be doing this more. And I I said, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. But right now we just don't have the bandwidth. And so it's learning how to prioritize what those needle movers are, what is really going to get you to where you want to be so that you can add in those other things that are additional, that are supportive, that are super helpful. And I think that email marketing is a needle mover, but it wasn't the first one we focused on. And so when you can really focus on one needle mover and drive things forward, and we recommend you do this on a quarterly, monthly, and weekly basis. What's the one thing I'm going to do this week that moves the needle in my business? What's the one thing I'm going to do this month that moves the needle in my relationships? And getting super clear on what those needle movers are is going to allow you to grow, not consistently in all areas, but grow in the areas that matter most in that moment. And I think that's really important. Okay, Sierra said how to be a servant leader with high expectations and inspiring others. I love this question because it's something that's really important to me, our team at CEO School, very important to Sierra is leading with empathy, not just in business, but in life. And so I think it's, it's okay to have high expectations of others. If you've listened to some of my other Wind Down Wednesdays, you'll know that I, I have very high expectations for myself and others. But I think coming at it with understanding that we are all human beings and we're imperfect human beings. So if your only expectation of someone else is to reach a goal to check off a task, I think that's where we fall short as leaders. And if you can really understand, hey, what motivates this person? What are they struggling with on a personal level? How can I show up for them as a human first? Because when you show up for people first, those results and those metrics are going to come after. So I'll give you an example. Um, 
and our team, it's important that you hit your KPIs. It's important that you do the tasks assigned to you, but it's not going to be the first question you'll hear us ask our team members. It's, hey, how was your weekend? Hey, I know you've got a lot going on at home right now. How are things going with, you know, having family members living with you right now? Do you have the energy that you need? Do you need extra space? How can we show up to support you in this season? And by asking those questions and showing someone that, hey, I'm actually here for you as a human first and as a team member second or a member of my family, you know, I might have the expectation that, yeah, you're going to take out the trash and you're going to, you know, do laundry on your day to do the laundry, but that's not what I'm making your judgments about as a person. So I think really showing up for the human first and having empathy and asking questions is how you can drive and inspire people to meet expectations. And I think the other thing is being really mission centric. You know, I can say to my kids that, you know, we make our bed every morning because it's important to have a clean house. Or if I say, hey, you know, our family, we're very, it's very important that we contribute contribute to the world. And one way we can do that is by taking care of ourselves as best as possible so that we can give and serve to others. You know, it's really important. We're impact driven. And my kids know that that's something that is important to us, that we're always focused on how we can help others. And the best way to do that is to help ourselves first. And so we're stretching a muscle. And so they know making their bed isn't about having a clean room. That's not a mission anybody's excited about. It's about being able to be a part of of the bigger picture and making an impact in a bigger way. And so I think that's something else we can do as leaders is one, show up for the human first, but also make sure we're really painting a vision, helping them be a part of a bigger mission, not just checking off tasks on a to-do list because that's not fun for anybody. Valeria asked, how to become so sure of yourself and of your potential? How do you do that? Valerie, I love this question. And I think that it's something that I'm very grateful. I was raised with incredible parents that instilled a sense of self in me um, and a sense of self-worth outside of the way that I looked or the contribution that I made to the world. And I think that's something that as humans, we can all do better at. But even if you didn't have parents that gave you that sense of self, I think it has to come from within. So something that we do, um, Sanira and I do, our team does, is daily journaling pages. And you'll see in our CEO school planner, we have this mapped out and we'll write a letter to our future self. Um, and so I'll do this a couple times a week. I'd love to do one quarterly. Um, Sanira likes to write a letter to the universe and just kind of saying, hey, dear universe, thank you so much for giving me the strength to make it through the really busy month that I had. Thank you for allowing me to show up as my best self and my best leader. And by saying these things in present future tense, it's actually allowing you to see yourself in that light. And so it's not manifestation. It's not woo-woo. It's actual science that talking to yourself in future tense as it has already happened allows your brain to conceptualize the concept and the idea that you do have worth. You can accomplish your dreams. There's absolutely nothing you can't can't do. And so getting in that habit of doing those daily journaling pages and writing in the future tense, I think is one of the most powerful things you can do to help yourself truly step into that potential and feel worthy of it and capable of it. Okay, that's all the questions for today. I hope that you loved this rapid fire Q&A. Keep an eye out for the CEO School Planner is going to be launching here shortly. We're so excited to share some of these daily, weekly, monthly habits and routines that we have that have helped us to be better leaders at home and at work. And we're excited to share them with you and allow you to add these to your daily routines as well. So keep an eye out for that. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. 
Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Follow us at CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes that you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building million dollar businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you absolutely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love the show, screenshot the review and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way.